Get them fired up and get them to the staging lanes, baby, because 8th Mile Apparel is now carrying Glowing Bracket Racing merch. Hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and much more can be yours today by visiting 8thMileApparel.com. We appreciate each and every one of you guys supporting the Glowing Bracket Racing YouTube and Facebook pages. live tuesday a little bit warmer outside getting a little bit warmer every single day which makes me feel good it was raining all day yesterday so i wasn't a fan of that but it's sunny right now at least for right now february 13th 2024 episode 144 of gbr live every single tuesday on facebook and youtube and then i'll go to podcast a little later subscribe to golden bracket racing on your favorite podcast platform and of course facebook and youtube but of course, is brought to you all the time for free, 100% free to the viewer, by TSR Racing Products, Power Glides, Turbo 350s, Turbo 477 transmissions, BRG 3D printed parts, anything you need on your race car, you can't find a part for. Brian Garrett can custom make it for you. Print that thing up, get it in the mail to you, and it doesn't weigh your car down. Syntex printing out there in Temple, Texas. Shirts, stickers, t-shirts, brochures, anything you need for your business, he can get that ready for you. Driven racing oil. Best oil to use, especially when it's cold outside, like it probably is where you're at right now. Use that, yeah, that shirt that George has on right there. GBR10 gets you 10% off anything they sell. They don't sell just oil. They sell lots of things. They sell brake clean. They sell transmission fluid. They sell all kinds of stuff. So go over there and don't forget to use code GBR10. Get yourself 10% off. Proform Parts. Visit ProformParts.com for carburetors, alternators, starters, tools, much, much more over there at ProformParts.com. Cruci Pro Software. Get your new combination figured out before you can. I guarantee it. Contact Don over there at CruciPro.com. Get your dial-ins in order. And, of course, if you want these cool GBR hats, these GBR shirts, we got tree chopper shirts now. If you want, if you think you can hit the tree, you, you think you're like Brandon Lane. George owes him a shirt still. I'm just putting it out there right now. If you think you can cut that tree down, let everybody know with those tree chopper shirts, man. I'm telling you, junior dragster competitors, you need to look at that too. We got them in your size as well. So 8mileapparel.com. Man, George, what else? What do you got going on? You haven't even said anything yet. I mean, you, you had to do the, the entry, man, as always. Casey does a great job, doesn't he, y'all? I mean, give, give me a one in the chat if you think Casey does a good job. Just put a one in there. He's number one. Nah, Casey, man, I haven't been doing much. Just uh, working on Omo. Uh, getting, getting ready to add a few few updates to him. And probably going to be going out uh, to Texas Motorplex here at the end of the end of the month and 
getting me a little bit of bracket racing on because the weather seems to be breaking here in Texas. Like you said, it's a beautiful day out there. It's probably about 65 where I am here in North Texas. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be somewhere around the 70s for all of next week. So I can't wait to be able to get out there and uh, get some racing in keep, and uh, see what Omo's going to do this year, man. So, no, I haven't been doing much. Got a few clerical things to go over. As you all know, we uh, partner well with some of the promoters of our sport. And as you know, TB Bracing Promotion has some things coming up here pretty soon. Um, starting off there at Derby City, it's already over. I can't remember who actually won that practice tree race, but it seemed like it was a good time. I want to say it might have been Hunter Patton, and uh, it wasn't Hunter. So it wasn't Hunter Patton. Anyway, I'll figure it out. Somebody will let me know who won that race uh, here before too long. But uh, And then we're going to kick it off race number two, is uh, or, or event number two out there at Beach Bend Raceway for 100K. So have a look at the schedule. Make sure you uh, get in where you fit in there with TB Racing Promotions. Uh, always throwing a very good program there for TB Racing. Um, on the other side, we got CP Promotions coming in with some pretty good races there. Races Appreciation in the Top Bulb Extravaganza uh, coming soon. Uh, and uh, looking forward to each of those races. I do believe GBR Media will be on the premises to uh, give you guys a live stream of this, these particular races. So um, definitely uh, just wanted to get a, a look at some upcoming events, and um, hopefully somebody from uh, GBR Community can turn on that last wind light. Okay, so what we got going on today, man? I know we got a surprise guest for everybody. Oh, yeah, man, we got the guy who... Only had a few problems over there, no problem. There's always something, but he made it look real good. We got Mr. Ryan Gleghorn, the man, the myth, the legend over here. So, Ryan, now, let me tell you this before anything. I think you might even have taken over Galen Rollison's position as the most seen person on GBR right now. How's that feel? Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. I didn't, I, this, is, this is my third time being on GBR, so, uh, wow. Yeah, I know Galen's been on here quite a bit, and uh, you've had some more guests have been on here more than once. So cool, you know I work Galen a lot, so I have to I have to add that onto some stuff whenever I talk to him. Even more credentials. <laughs> yep. Man, tell us a little bit about this race, man, because uh, word on the street is these Patton boys might actually be be good at racing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Southern Big Buck Nationals, powered by the Hose Connection, uh, wrapped up this past weekend, and it was, I mean, there's no other way to say it. They're dominated by the Patton brothers. <laughs> uh, Hunter Patton getting the win on Friday, uh, Mosier Friday, uh, put, put on a clinic there, and then Derek actually runnered up the shootout race to Donnie Burleson. Uh, Hunter beat Dylan Rowlison in the final. Dylan's a tough racer out of the Monroe area. Got five-o dragster, been doing Put up some really good results the last two years. A young guy, I think he's 19, something like that. So maybe a name that we'll see further down the line. Um, and then wide EZL one, no box rolled in at four cars. Got him a nice bonus. Got him some nice cut there. And then we rolled into Saturday. And, man, it was – Derek had run – had two in at eight the day before and lost them both. And he lost one in the re-entry round. I was like, man, you know, he had such a good day the day before. You know, I, hopefully he can battle back. But, you know, starting your day like that, it, it's rough. It's rough to come back from that. And he sure as hell did and come back and win that 25K um, over a really tough Glenn Dill day. Uh, people have probably seen Glenn before. Uh, he hits the majority of the big money races everywhere. Uh, usually 
his dragster has a big blower on it. Uh, took the blower off for this year. Was wheeling the Nova for most of the weekend. And I mean, Derek, this is well overdue for Derek. Uh, I've I've known the Patton brothers my whole life, and I've said it for years. And I think people finally saw it this weekend. I mean, we all know Hunter. Uh, we I put it in my post yesterday. His list of accomplishments are a mile long, and he'll go down as one of the greatest that have ever staged a race car. His brother's just as good as he is, in my opinion, and that might be a hot take. I don't know, but Derek is very, very good behind the wheel of a race car. I mean, he went to 20 finals last year, won 16 of them. Wow. Uh, and and the thing is, to, I mean, just to put it into perspective, I was talking to, uh, and you probably know the true stats on this because I know how you are with those. I was So TJ Pruitt was live for a lot of this stuff on drag coverage. Yes. And uh, I talk to TJ Pruitt all the time. I text him. Probably it seems like every other day, every every third day, every week. Um, and I said, man, I feel like I'm seeing this purple Maverick constantly this weekend. How many rounds has he won? And he said the word on the street is between 42 and 46 rounds. And then he won the semifinals. So there were two more rounds won, whatever that was. But let's say on the low side, it was 42. That means 44 rounds won that weekend. That's unbelievable in a door car at that. Yeah. And then. It- that was a short week too. It's only a two day race. So for that little Maverick to go that many rounds, it's tough. And I can test, you know, seeing the screen, I may not have been calling the laps, but I was watching them. It, it was tough out there. He was getting by with some really, really good laps and there was equally as good laps on the side of them. Uh, Derek performed great and it showed he come out. If we would have had an MVP award, he would have won it. Uh, but he did come out of the weekend with the points lead. Uh, which we can get into that a little bit later. Yeah. But great performance by both of them. Absolutely, Absolutely man. Absolutely. I, I know you, did, ahead, you did mention there that you had to shorten it, and um, and, and I, I do believe that was just the threat of weather that was uh, lurking around you guys just for a little bit, if I'm not wrong there. Uh, kind of explain uh, the thought process behind shortening it. It seemed as if the race ran really, really smooth. Um, with one race getting over pretty early and you guys going straight into some shootouts. So um, talk to us about how you feel the race went as a whole, especially kind of highlighting uh, those who weren't able to to join in and actually run in an event thrown by Flickr Promotions this time. Uh, you know, I felt the weekend went really well. Not a whole lot of, you know, major issues by any means. Uh, we did short, we got rid of Sunday uh, whenever we felt like the latest we could make a call was Wednesday morning. You know, we got guys driving 10, 12, 14 hours to come race with us, especially this early in the year, you know, we don't want them to get out here, you know, and on Friday we pulled the plug on the whole deal. You know, that's not fair. You know, me and Johnny and Madison, we're all racers. You know, we wouldn't want to go to a race and get treated that way. So Wednesday morning when we looked at forecast, uh, Friday was clear and it looked Sunday didn't look too great. So we just made the decision that we were going to take Sunday's money and we're going to split it up between the two days. And uh, it turned out beautiful. I mean, it was mid-70s, sunny. It was a great weekend to be at No Problem Raceway. Um, Like I said, the crew there at No Problem, they do a fantastic job. I mean, the racetrack was on point. You can go look at anyone's logbook, and if it wasn't repeating, they probably had a problem with their hot rod. Um, Our staff did a great job. I have to commend, uh, obviously, Johnny Madison. They do a great job. Uh, my staging lane guys, uh, Jacob Burrow, y'all might know Josh yep. from racing around. This is 
one of his older brothers was three. There's four total Burrow brothers, but me and Jacob have been best friends since we were eight years old, and he's come help me uh, and his wife as well. Uh, Maddie helps the registration. She does a great job there, and our back of the lanes guy, Bo, he does great. Uh, my two announcers on the weekend really end up being three. Uh, Adam Jakupchek, who y'all have probably seen with the TV promotion stuff, he works with me there. Uh, he drove all the way from Illinois. I uh, can't thank him enough. And then uh, a guy that we're going to be talking about a little, here a little bit later, Jake Hodge, and uh, his son Easton. I call him my nephew. <laughs> they got on the microphone and helped us out there as well. So can't thank any of them enough. Right. Yeah, man. That's And this is something I, I believe we were talking about it either last week with Brian Loans or, or the weekend previously. But the fact of what you just said, thinking ahead of time and thinking, hey, we need to figure out how to run a proper race program that's fair to everybody, that's set in stone before everybody gets here, things like that, or people who may be on the way here. That's the type of thing, you know, and I always go back to who we were talking about previously, Galen Ross and Britt Cummings, you know, uh, Tommy down there at Gulfport. Nothing but good things are happening down there. And that's why I think that y'all's program with you johnny and madison run so well because the racers are in charge you have been in the position of showing up to tracks before and everything gets rained out and yes weather we can't control the weather but at the same time you can control what should happen in this race to make it work out because you still did a whole lot of racing out there it was yes it was one day short but you still had the races they got completed on time thankfully there were no crazy oil downs things like that but then you had shootouts on top of it. You had a lot of extra stuff to make it worth everyone's while of being there. Yeah, they lost a day, but they got just as much racing in, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, you know, the, we had some extra shootouts on Saturday, but the ones on Friday we pretty much always had in mind that we were going to do. And I think by the time that we finished everything, it was like 8.30, right. which is great for me. Uh, I've I'm in a new... Uh, aspect of my life where I used to be out all night all night at the racetrack uh, nowadays if you called me after 8 30 I'm probably not going to answer because I'm usually in bed by then right. uh, so for us to be done that early was awesome I mean I mean the average person doesn't want to race till one two three o'clock in the morning no. we all know that and our goal is trying to get done as early as we can but even with shootout races getting done 8 30 I think it went great uh, from my end I mean Obviously, you get some people that don't like certain things. You're not going to make everybody happy, but a lot of positive reviews coming out of Bell Rose, and hopefully we carry those into the Motorplex in May. Absolutely. Yeah. And let's let's get into this points program because we had, I want to say, our first show of the year, actually. We were talking a lot about what you guys are doing for the, uh, for the points program because you guys, you didn't start out a small points program, man, and you personally – were a part of one of the most exciting points programs in bracket racing in recent times at VMP. Um, and you guys really stepped on it here. You're like, man, we're going to put out, pay 20 spots. Nothing seems to be less than a thousand dollar value. The winner gets one of Johnny's chassis, which Johnny is very clearly stepping forward. I, I mean, I'm sure obviously you looked it over, but we were in IHRA's booth looking at Johnny's, uh, dragster that he built for Donnie. Uh, and that thing is for sure one of the nicest cars you could possibly 
purchase. And the cool thing is with Johnny's stuff, he did all of it. Like yep. built the car, painted the car, wired the car, everything is Johnny's stuff. So you have a one-stop shop as far as I'm aware, whenever you get something from him. But uh, I guess tell us a little bit about what's even involved in putting together that big of a points program. Cause I'm sure you had to make a whole lot of phone calls to get that to happen. Yeah. Um, we kind of started having this, I- this idea. Um, we knew that we were going to try to get a second race at Voterplex and, they already had the big bucks race at no problem. And we're like, you know, what's a way to tie all these races together? That way they're not just random races happening throughout the year. And we come with the points program and I kind of tossed out the idea. I was like, you know, what, what would it cost us to do a dragster? And when we got the number together, I'm like, I think that that's feasible. I think we can make that work. Um, And, you know, after that, you know, it takes a lot of great people to make it happen, you know, uh, the three of us have been working with these companies for a long time. I'm, Johnny in particular, we, me and Madison joke, you know, Johnny doesn't usually get involved with the race until like the week before, right? They got all this other stuff going on between Ezel race cars and, you know, they got rental properties. They got a lot of stuff going on. So he's got a high end, high end racing program of his own to do. Right. Yeah. So right. it's usually just me and Madison working on the race stuff. And then Johnny comes in like, you know, seven days before. Well, this year, Johnny got really involved in reaching out to these companies and getting these prizes. And I couldn't, I was blown away with all the stuff that we come up with. I mean, obviously, you got the race car sitting there first, got a gold card that goes with it, uh, half off a wiring job from Raceworks, um, came with a regal body, uh, innovative glassworks scoop. Uh, if you are a House of Pain customer and you have one of their starters, you get a starter identical to it. If you're not a customer, you get a gift certificate. I think it's 100 or $200, something like that. And then, you know, you start going through second. You got Stainless Works headers kit. And then you got a Mosier 40 spline center section, aluminum center section. You know, it just keeps going and going and going all the way to 20th where we have our This Is Bracket Racing Elite three-month membership, you know. So if you come and support these races, more than likely, if you go to all three of them, you have a really good shot to end up with something at the end of it. Yeah. And and what's best about that, and as far as I would say, is it's only three weekends. You don't have to follow something like you don't have to dedicate your entire racing season to running over here, running over there. And especially in your vicinity, that's all in the same general region, two of them being at the exact same place. Anybody who races at Texas Motorplex this year on a regular basis has no reason not to participate in this. Um, But don't you think, well, I mean, you've implemented it, so I'm sure that you probably do think at least somewhere along the lines of this. As a racer, not a promoter, as Ryan Glaghorn, the racer, if you are, for example, in Derek Patton's position right now, you're going to come to all the rest of them. If you're somebody who's in, you know, 30th place right now, you should probably consider going to the other races. It it would make you want to be a repeat customer having a valuable points program that pays that far back. Yeah, uh, Derek came to me before he ever started the first race of the weekend and goes, I want that dragster. <laughs> you know, uh, Derek's been racing a long time. I know Derek really well. You know, he's creating a variety of race cars, but uh, he's never had a brand new dragster that was his. Um Neither have I, but he he wants it bad. You know, he he texts me 
probably three or four times over the week and goes, I want it bad, you know. So, uh, obviously, he's already committed to it. Um, but, yeah, no, if it's it's not out of the realm for anyone to win this deal still. You know, Derek has 162 points at 16 rounds. If you showed up this weekend, the minimum amount of points that you got was 30. 13 rounds across the next six actual individual races, that can be done. I've seen a lot crazier stuff happen. I saw Stevie Dustin come from 35th in a day right. to win this to win the deal at a VMP that first year. So now, are you doing the uh, points program how VMP does, where it's the half points if you have to buy back? Why are you yes. still my question? Uh, That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> yep. Um, so obviously, you know, I was part of that. I'm still a part of that program. Uh, Tyler is still growing the triple threat deal as well, um, and I love that half point deal it puts such an emphasis on first round and growing up um at texas raceway and really at any place in dfw or we didn't have buybacks um i don't think we got buybacks on a regular basis until oh i don't know dallas raceway came around like 2010 something like that like you know buybacks really oh. weren't a thing in our area so i love there being a, a big emphasis on first round like first round means a lot um, right. And it showed this weekend. Um, you saw some people that win a lot of rounds that didn't end up with a lot of points, and that's going to affect them through the rest of the year. And that's great too, because I mean, uh, the race we're talking about in particular at VMP had there had it been a a typical points program where no matter how many rounds you win, it's the same amount. Porgoletti would have easily, hands down, won that deal. Maybe maybe Laboose could have got him if he would have went a little further. But the thing is, is that, you know, Stevie Dustin, absolutely no chance. But the coolest part, again, about having the half points program, that means there could realistically be somebody in 60th place right now that just goes on fire the next two races and could end up at the top. Um, I've looked at, I ran all the points that was Sunday night, and I was looking through the names, and there's some names that are down there in the hundreds that still have a chance you know they're very capable of turning on a whole lot of wind lights so it wouldn't shock me at all if someone came from 70th or worse to come up to at least finish top five if not win the deal yeah and and that's and the thing is you only need to get to 20th to really get something because there's not a bad prize man like when i was talking about this when i was george hadn't even seen it yet I, i'm pretty sure it was our first show after christmas and I was telling George, I was I was going through and I was trying to, you know, I'm not going to read off all 20 things, but I'm sitting here looking through and I'm like, I'm saying, man, there's this, there's this, there's this. And I start reading and I'm like, man, I've already read 10 of these. I, don't, I can't read all. And it's going to be boring for everybody. But the point is, is there's no bad prizes in this entire bundle. I mean, like I said, it seems like the minimum value is a thousand dollars. So anybody like it's realistic that somebody who didn't attend the bell rose race if they came to the, both the texas motorplex races then it's realistic they could end up in the top five isn't it i think it's a real possibility there's some names that uh couldn't make it for whatever reasons they had and i have a really good feeling they're going to show up at both of the texas races uh, one that comes to mind jeremy heffler uh he had one of his main guys at best deal services go down so he actually had to work for once and <laughs> i know he'll be at motorplex races i mean he's the ihr world champ of course he has a shot to come back and 
you know, he's going to at least finish somewhere with a prize or if not top five or if not win the deal. Uh, you could have someone like Austin Williams come in and have a really good two weekends and you know do really well. Uh, there's a lot of people that you know that couldn't make it. No, I know there's a lot of people that race cars weren't ready yet. Yep. I can't tell you the amount of pictures I got of hot rods with no motors in. Like, man, we really were planning on coming, but I just can't get my motor back in time. Well, it's going to be back by the end of May, and I think we're going to see a lot of those cars roll in and try to battle for those spots once we start in the stampede. Man, oh Dylan Champion here, longtime follower, pretty good friend as well. He's pretty tall. I know you know him because uh, we we all hung out a little bit out there at uh, PRI. But uh, yeah, uh, he's saying uh, you need to bring that program out there to North Carolina, and he'd uh, he'd thank you later. Um, he's 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 right, of course. If you can get out to North Carolina with something like this, I'm pretty sure it would be a hit as well. But uh, talk to me though, Gleggy man, and um, it's kind of along the same lines as what you just mentioned. I'm not for sure how many Texas racers showed up to the to the race there in bell rose i know that i saw the Epper jesse uh racer i saw uh the farmer boys i do believe i know i saw burleson and some of the others but talk to me how that's gonna actually increase just because the race is at texas motorplex with names like austin williams and 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 heffler like you mentioned there heck jake uh jake howard there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna actually end up at this texas race to mix it up you can actually see the ones who've done well in Bell Rose, and, and this isn't any knock at anybody, but there's going to be a, a, even more competition come Texas Motorplex based on how many people might have been missing. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it was as I started going through the tech cards, it looked like the majority of our racers were actually from Texas. Nice. Even though uh, from where I used to live in North Texas, it's a seven-hour drive to get to Bell Rose. Right. But they were all they all made the commitment to come to South Louisiana because they wanted to get that head start. They wanted to make sure they got those. Hold on, just one moment. Oh, you getting? A, he's getting a call. In the call. Oh, happens. <laughs> all right, hang on a minute. He'll jump back in here in a minute. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan might be getting some more sponsors. You don't know. You don't ever know what happened. And he might have had to answer it too because that's just it just happens like that, guy. So bear with us. We'll get him back in here. Look, there he's we go. Up right now. Hold on. Yeah, sorry, my wife is calling me. Uh oh, that's what happened. Better answer that one. <laughs> People, they came from Texas. I mean, the farmer boys drove. They go to school in Lubbock. Right. You know, that's twelve, thirteen hours to get to, get to uh, Bellrose. Uh, Benny Gossett came from San Angelo. You know, that's not a that is not a short trip. You know, and they all came and they, they want to be part of this points program, you know, so they whenever it does come to Motorplex, you know, it's kind of in their backyard. They have a lot easier way to get to this championship. Uh, Glenn Dilday, who ended up runner up on Saturday, he's from Kansas City. Right. He's coming to the Motorplex. He told us before he left, he goes, I'm chasing this deal, you know. Wow. So it's going to be interesting, especially when you get all these guys that didn't get to make it uh, like Mike Baddow, who's super solid out of West Texas, Josh Burrow. Uh, with his S10, you know, once he gets his stuff back going, he's going to be a contender. You know, like you said, Jake Howard on the bottom bulb side, Aaron Jones, uh, who ended up winning two of the days on the bottom at Stampede last year. You know, they're all going to be contenders in this deal once it gets to the Motorplex. Yeah, no, and, and we didn't even mention the Pennington boys because I'm pretty sure one or two of them are going to show up at the, at the Motorplex as well, not to mention yes. a few other heavy hitters. I mean, there's just uh, enough going on around here. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, – won't get to race myself, but I'll sure as heck be in there with a 
pretty good view, I can tell you that much, you know, and um, definitely looking forward to that. Glad you, uh, you you got something together that could include an area so close to home for me, man. Uh, for, so from me to you, thanks for putting on something like this this close to my home base. Like you said, North Texas, if my, if my car was ready, about six and a half hours to Bell Rose. So um, it would have been something I'd have considered as well with a hot rod that's ready to move. So, <laughs> Yep, and we're looking forward to having GBR Media stream both of our races in Texas this year. Uh, you know, we came in, I think you did your first ever stream at one of our points races at the Motorplex, and right. it turned out great. And I think it's going to be even better once once we get, uh, get over to May and Stampede. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward. To, you do have the quarter-mile shootout in one of those races. I'm, I'm correct about that, right? Yeah, uh, Thursday. So last year we were going to run it, I believe, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Well, we got an abundance of race cars that showed up on the property. Uh, end up with 389 entries plus about 40 junior dragsters that showed up. So over 400 entries. Uh, got a little limited on time uh, for things. So this year, you know, that uh, the quarter mile shootout is dedicated to my grandpa, uh, Lynn Gleghorn, uh, who was a big proponent of quarter mile bracket racing. So uh, something I want to do for him. I didn't get to have it last year. I still have the trophy. I still have the big check. It's still, all still sitting at my grandma's house. Nice. Uh, so we went ahead. We're going to do a test and tune on Thursday, and we're going to run that quarter-mile shootout on Thursday night. And I think that's going to be really cool uh, for people that haven't ever got to experience long track racing at the Motorplex at night. It, there's nothing like it. There is nothing like being able to go 1,320 feet at a, what is my favorite racetrack. And especially when you get later in the rounds, the lights are on, you got your buddies parked either at the finish quarter mile finish line, which is the probably the best watching spot you can get anywhere, or they're underneath the tower and you roll underneath the tower to come out to all of this. It looks like, you know, like a Roman Coliseum when you roll out there. Uh, it's, it's such a cool feeling. And hopefully we get to present that on Thursday this year, you know, along with all the other great races we're going to have. No, I can't go ahead. Casey. I can't wait. I was just going to say, I can't wait to see that because I talked about that a ton last year and I was disappointed. I understand totally why, why it had to happen. It was great uh, decision on your part to, to cancel the extracurricular activities essentially to make it better for everyone else for the rest of the weekend. That was a great idea. Um, but it was a disappointment because I wanted to see, I, I wanted so badly to see Darian Bosch run somebody down at like mm-hmm. 610 or something like that because i don't know if you i mean his dragster or his door car for those of you who don't know darian just won the 50 grand top sportsman deal down in florida nice. and then our, our one of our other guys matt daddis won super stock in butner's car i think yep. so bracket racers versus the world we're still winning <laughs> um and don't forget bo nhra pro stock champion also Bracket racer Dave Connolly was in the finals of Pro Stock. Bracket racer, I mean, we could go on and on with all that. Play Milliken was in the finals. Bracket racer, just saying. Yep. But uh, yeah, go ahead. That's the second one of those races that Dadis has won in like the last like eight months. Wow. Uh, he won the TB deal in uh, St. Louis. Bo's uh, brother-in-law's stalker. Bo just needs to put Matt on the road for that. I mean, you wouldn't. You wouldn't find a, uh, in my opinion, a better, more capable driver, and especially in that style of a car. Uh, I think Matt would fit in with the NHRA crowd because uh, he's a very well-spoken type guy. He's a very sponsorable guy. Um, I, 
I, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying anything Bo doesn't already know. Right. But uh, at the end of the day, man, I would love to see Matt really be able to follow the tour. Yep. Yep. Well, no. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to give a few uh, few moments to our marketing partners, allow them to show you what they got for you. Make sure to stay with us. Hit that share button. Hit that like button. We're going to get into a conversation that may be fresh on everybody's mind at this point. And I'm not talking about a shot clock that has anything to do with basketball, one of my favorite pastimes. No, I'm talking about a drag racing shot clock. So hang in there. When we come back, we're going to get off into that discussion. BRG Motorsports 3D Printed Racing Parts are able to provide you with whatever you desire to enhance your drag racing operation. Items like safety belt magnets, nitrous bottle holder, and even quick-release delay box mounts are able to be obtained from BRG Motorsports 3D Printed Racing Parts. Have a look at top-selling items such as helmet hooks and steering wheel hooks, which are proven to make it easier to maneuver throughout your race car. You can contact BRG Motorsports 3D Printed Racing Parts at telephone number 765-729-1177. Our third generation slim wireless vehicle scale is worth the wait. You can read cross weight, side by side weight, and front and rear weight in addition to the standard weight for each wheel and total vehicle weight. You can also view on the included backlit LCD screen complete with control buttons. The full-size 15 by 15 inch aluminum scale pads are only 1 5 16th inches thick. Each pad can hold up to 1,750 pounds for a total scale capacity of 7,000 pounds. We've completely redesigned our best-selling thermostat fan to make it even better. Proform's high-performance universal 15-inch electric fan is the perfect upgrade to replace the stock fan in your vehicle. It's equipped with a thermostat that's adjustable from 160 to 240 degrees. Mounted to your radiator supports with sturdy brackets and driven by a heavy-duty motor, this unit pulls up to 2,800 CFM of air with a 14-amp current draw. All mounting hardware and wiring are included. All right, all right. Welcome back. Going Bracket Racing, episode 144. I don't know if Casey mentioned that in the beginning, but 144 episodes in the GBR. I can't thank you guys enough being part of the community, coming in and giving us your two cents, giving us your opinions. I expect nothing less with this uh, with this next topic. Let it fly, guys. I want to hear what you got. Let's talk about this shot clock. Of course, we can't be here without Ken Jones' performance. Crew Chief Pro, Driven Racing Oils, Proform Pro Parts, Team 14 Motorsports, Syntex Printing out in Temple, Texas. I got your package, by the way, and uh, just showed up the other day at my house. Thanks for the new stickers there. Uh, BRG Motor, Motorsports 3D Printed Parts and uh, 8th Mile Apparel, not to mention TSR Racing Products. So, you guys, if you need anything from any of our marketing partners, we'll definitely reach out. We'll, uh, we'll get you in contact with whomever you might like to reach out to and get you squared away, but... As we continue on episode 144 of Going Bracket Racing, we get the honor of discussing with our special guest today, Mr. Ryan Gleghorn, somebody who's pretty near and dear to the guinea pig, is what I'm going to dub Jake Hodge. Uh, going to implement for the first time in bracket racing that I know of, for sure, a shot clock uh, in between each pass. So... Get them, get them, get them warmed up, guys. Get those keyboards moving. Casey, you want to start us off, or you want me to start us off with your thought process as to how the shot clock is going to impact bracket racing industry? Well, it's been talked about for 
years now. I mean, at least two years now. Um, and Jake Hodge is usually pretty good about uh, not really having a problem with implementing first time strategies with with races. Um, you know, he's you know, whether you like Jake or not, he's he's the perfect guy to implement this because I think he's the one that will actually stand behind any kind of uh, disarray it might cause, to say the least, um, and say this is the rule. It is what it is. Um, I guess it's something that is needed at times and isn't needed at other times. I don't know whether I think this is more of a preliminary run and Ryan is going to be the perfect person because I know he's constantly in contact with Jake's one of his best buddies. Uh, to ask him kind of what I'm sure Jake ran it by you, Ryan, uh, just the fact that he was thinking about implementing it. What, what did Jake have to say about it? Actually, he didn't. Um, really? <laughs> we, uh, I found out when everyone else found out. Um, now this isn't a new conversation though. Um, right. This has been going on for a while. Um, I've had this conversation with a multitude of people with other promoters, even. You know, trying to figure out how do you make it work. Uh, when you said Jake is probably the perfect person to be the guinea pig for her, you're exactly right. Um, uh, I I love Jake. You know, he's one of my best friends. I will be the first one to tell you he's gonna he is very able to take the criticism of whatever happens. You know, yep. so if some someone likes it or don't doesn't like it. You know, he doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He's gonna be just fine taking whatever you have to say. And obviously making it better, too. Yep. Um, I think this is something that will probably get implemented at other places uh, if it does go well, like I think it will. Uh, and, you know, there is there is times that, you know, it is needed. You know, there's been multiple times I've been calling races and, you know, I'll be calling between pairs and I'll look down or whatever. And I say, oh, shoot, I missed a pair. And I look up and it's the same people sitting on the start line. It's like, yeah. man, like, how long are we going to take here? Yeah. Um you know, I'm not a guy that takes a whole lot of time. So, uh, and I know people that are, you so, know, there's. So, so, so uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, you're good. Okay. Yeah. I definitely uh, wanted to throw out there before we keep moving here, because it's, it's something that I feel like shouldn't necessarily have to be said or, or reiterated over and over again, but we are people. And everybody has an opinion. And everybody's opinion matters to said person. But let's have a little bit of grace with this process, okay? Because it is brand new to our sport. I see it both ways. I see it both impactful and also a, de a little bit of, of some negative sides to it. But that's the name of the game here. Um, this isn't a foolproof process that that we've, we, we have an understanding of how it's going to work. Um, but it's definitely something especially that needs to be implemented at tracks that have curfews, okay? We already are up against some type of a clock in the first place. Yes. When we, in Jake's defense, having 500 cars at the working man 10 grand, you got to have a way to finish that race in Xenia, Ohio at Killcare, okay? So it's definitely something where I feel like Yo, if we attack this with a little bit of grace, a little bit of constructive criticism, we might be able to steward this thing into into a really good uh, um, method of getting races finished. Me personally, I love the idea all the way up at least until the fourth round. Okay, let's keep cars moving down this track. If we have to shut it down after fourth round, well, by that point, the race is 
pretty well moving along in the first place. But first, second, third round, definitely, in my opinion, uh, we got to have a shot clock out there. I'm getting some comments in the chat here. And uh, I see a lot of people saying it won't affect them. Uh, I see Kevin Little here. He says, if Peter Biondo hasn't used one, it's not needed. You know, and maybe maybe for, maybe he's right. You know what I mean? For, for spring flings or summer flings or any other of the fling that's thrown or wherever track he's throwing it at. Um, there's a lot to unpack here. What are your thoughts, guys? Um, I will say this on the last comment you got. Not every promoter is in the same situation. You know, like you said earlier, some cracks have curfews. Uh, Jake has a curfew at Kill Care, and right. it is a strict one. Um, I think it's either 11 o'clock or midnight. That place has to quit running race cars. And we can't fire them up until 9. You know, so you have this small window to get this race in. You get a race with a whole lot of cars that, you know, typically Kill Care brings a whole, well, has a great community racers in itself. You bring that plus the ones that Hodge brings with them it can get to a tight situation. So uh, I think a shot clock there um, helps a lot. You know, if you got a racetrack that, you know, doesn't have a curfew, it doesn't, you know, that doesn't hurt. You know, Vegas doesn't have a curfew. Um, Bristol does, but it's a little bit later. I think it's 1 a.m., right. you know. So not everyone has the same situation. Uh, I've been really lucky at the Motorplex. Currently, we don't have a curfew. Obviously, I abused that last year, uh, and I apologize <laughs> nine times over for it um but in the situation like at texas raceway it was midnight forever i've made passes at texas raceway rolling through the shutdown and at 12 zero 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 lights are off so no i would say the overall goal of the shot clock isn't really what everybody thinks that it is or or believes it to be it's not to put a shot clock on each pair it's put a shot clock on the guys who want to have a burn down because for some reason, every once in a while, you get a guy that this guy isn't, isn't going to stage first no matter what. And this guy isn't going to stage first no matter what. And this solves that problem because those rounds sometimes take five minutes. And then for some reason, then that'll happen again in a couple pairs back. And now all of a sudden, you you know, people don't realize five minutes times six people throughout just the just the race it's going to happen at least say six times throughout the race that's 30 minutes right you know that screws a lot of stuff up that's the difference between getting the finals now what if we have an oil down at the very end like happened at loose rocker last year and we were getting up on curfew at galat and now we can't finish the race because we got to clean this up uh that 30 minutes means a whole lot to a lot of people and i mean you know that better than a lot of people just being involved in the tower as much as you are right yeah i mean i will say the one at galat it's pretty it's pretty strict as well um back when they had their last general or their last track manager there ben you know we kind of went through the history of how that came to be and you know a lot of the times and it's just it's an overall issue just not even just in bracket racing but drag racing in general uh a lot of times you know these racetracks got built out in the middle of nowhere and then town came to them and, like Vandermeer. You know, yep, like Vandermeer. Uh, you've seen it with all these tracks that get shut down. Uh, so the cities, instead of just telling them, well, you can't race because, you know, our population is mad at it, they put a curfew on us, which, you know, for us as racers, we don't understand, but we look at a grander scheme of things, like it's a compromise between the racetrack and the city. Uh, 
Does it suck for us sometimes? Yeah, whenever I have a whole lot of cars. But things like this, I think, are going to get us closer to not only not touching that curfew as much, but also putting us in better graces with these cities. Maybe, you know, we can push that curfew back a little bit longer. Or, you know, in certain circumstances, these racetracks or promoters can call the city like, hey, can I get an hour? You know, can I get 30 minutes, something? Can I get, you know, and the more times that we don't touch those, the more favorable uh, decisions go our way. Absolutely. Exactly. And this is a good comment over here in the YouTube chat uh, from Barn, who everybody knows from the Motor Mania chat. Um, one thing you don't have to wait. What? All right. So anyway, let me let me just say this. He's basically saying people don't come to lanes when they're called. So what do you think about this whole shot clock idea, but being put on calls? Because I know I've heard you a thousand times, Ryan Glaghorn on the mic. Final, final, final call. You need to get up here. If it, in my opinion, obviously, more than more than ever, cars are doubling. If your car is not capable of making it double entered, then I mean, we were talking even before the show started about how you handle double entering a car on gas and things like that. You need to figure out how to make your car be capable of being double entered in seventh round. Um, you know, you need to get up there. Yeah, um, you know, especially it's more of a problem early in the day. It's really more of a problem whenever it comes to having time runs. Um, you know, no one wants to be the first one goes down the racetrack every day, or very few people want to be the first pair that goes down. Um, and so they wait and they wait till they hear someone go up there, and then they'll kind of look around and, okay, there's two or three guys up there. Now I'll go. And then the flood happens. You know, the rest right. of the field shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we've done at Flickr on how we call cars, we've separated them uh, into groups. And it's really limited down. I didn't have that big of an issue getting cars up there this weekend. Uh, didn't have to, you know, yell and yell and yell to get people up there. For the most part, everybody came right when we said, and I think that helped a lot. Um, and for the doubles, what it did is it gave them time. Uh, they gave them a class in between to come back around with. So it separated that out long enough. And then at 16, we combined everything. But no, I think, there's definitely ways to get around the uh, the double situation for sure. The the early morning deal, you know, yeah, you know, maybe if you did put a timer on it or a set time, like, hey, you have to be in the stage lanes by, you know, we're supposed to start at eight. If you're not in the lanes by eight fifteen, you know, you're not going down the racetrack. Oh I know uh, the first ever guaranteed million we got pushed over into Monday, or was that Sunday? I forget which, but we could not get door cars cut there. I bet you I called for door cars. 25 times and it was finally like okay if you're not stage lanes in the next 30 minutes you're not going down the racetrack Car up. and all those guys that were going to plan to wait to run with dragsters flooded to the staging lanes yep and so, that's go ahead george yeah, pack, pack your car up if you can't get to the lanes on time and i think that's what casey's hinting at now, I don't, i'm not for sure i know casey's mentioned this but there's a track close to him when he says final call a couple minutes later there's cones in the way you are not getting mm-hmm. in the lanes. And if that's the way it's got to be to keep the to keep the flow going, hey, more power to you. You know what I mean? I got a comment here from Randall Blinston over here. He's asking the question. I think both all of us might be able to have an answer here. But he says, what happens when you have a staging battle and the guy waits to the last minute to go in or the last second? Uh, Randall should be saying here the last second to go in and the other one can't get in in time. 
that's going to be an easy red light situation, guys, uh, if I'm not mistaken myself. I read the rule. You get into a staging battle and 60 seconds elapsed and both of you aren't in, well, both of you are going to catch the red light. That's just the way that's going to work if I read that right. Did anybody read it any different? That's how I understand it. From yep. It's how it's been explained to me. Uh, you know, I used to be a guy that I didn't want to go in first, but in a situation like this, I'm making for damn sure that my stuff's a stage before that th- before that clock hits zero. I'm not oh, getting I, timed out. And, uh, which I is have the a name question. I'm not getting timed out. Go ahead, Casey. I have a question, um, and this is this is probably going to be a very common question because time to time, you know, Carl drip oil in front of you. Starter gets out there with a rag, wipes it up real quick. Does that clock then reset? I mean, obviously it it has to, right? Because if you got a dragster here and you know, you got one dragster does a burnout. The other dragster's got to do a burnout. Dragsters don't have front brakes. They have to do an over-the-line burnout. You don't need to go 100 feet out, but you primarily dragsters do over-the-line burnout. Yeah. Um, Shouldn't even go past sure. the tree for crying out loud. I mean, it's still a minute, though. I feel like, I mean, I've driven dragsters a lot, and I just can't imagine not being able to get in the stage beam in 30 seconds, you know, even with the burnout. I believe it's in the rules that was written out for it, but I believe the if they have to go out there and clean up something, they pause the clock mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then start it back up once the cleaning up is over. I like okay. that. I like that too. And and here's a question that I know everybody's going to ask, and we may not have the answer. Maybe we probably need to tap J- uh, Jake Hodge on the shoulder and say, hey, man, come on back on the show. Let's have a quick conversation about this. But one question that I know is going to get asked quite a bit is where is the clock going to be positioned? Is it going to be above the, the dial-in boards uh, when you pull into the lanes? Is it going to be out in front of the track somewhere? Or you just ain't going to see it and you better get your behind in the, in the doggone beams. You know what I mean? So I don't know. None of us may not have an answer to that question, but we probably all have an opinion. Yeah, he said it was going to be visible. Um, so that that tells me it's going to be somewhere I would feel like it's going to be somewhere near, like at least in the direction of the Christmas tree. Um, I don't know for sure where he's planning on putting it at. Um, but you know, I look at that both ways, you know, um, more, I kind of don't want to know where it is. Yeah. I'd rather not see it. The average pair, I mean, is staged and ready quicker than 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, like if I'm having an issue and I'm trying to get you know my stuff going, uh, if I can look up and see where, okay, I've got 25 seconds to get this thing in the beams, I think I can do that. Cool. Um, it gives me enough time to roll forward and get in. Yep. yep. Well, what I, I was comfort of knowing. What I think is, I almost think that you could say there's a 60 second clock and not even have one. And I don't think you would ever have anybody have any issues if, like, I don't even think you would need to physically have the ability to red light somebody after 60 seconds if you just said there was one and everybody thought there was. I'd actually challenge that because I I do feel like in some cases, even if we talk about the burn down case where you're probably right, there's maybe, maybe six per race, if that, guys, right? But there are some slow drag. Some, 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 I'm gonna drag my feet getting into the stage beam. Or matter of fact, the pre-stage beam out there at the racetrack. You, you sit there, you bump it forward, and you stop. You bump it forward, and you stop. 
You bump before you stop. But you gotta clean your glasses up, purify yourself, get your, get your, your jig on. Then you bump it again. Then you bump it again. Oh, finally you pre-stage. Even that itself was only like twenty seconds. But I feel like he's gonna run into that shot clock, and I hope that the conversation goes well when that red light comes on and the guy comes to him, "Hey, why did you red light me?" Uh, well, you ran out of time. I hope that conversation goes well for him. I hope they televise it as well because I want everybody to hear that conversation. Get you behind in the beams and let's go drag racing. That's that's what I feel. You know, I don't think there's any other way to really put it. It's, let's go. And and another thought I had here, and maybe this would help a little bit, but I think they're saying it's roughly a minute between each pair. If we go red light, and this is maybe off subject, but if we if we red light. Let's not just get off the gas and coast from 60, yes. 60 foot all the way to the doggone end of the track. Carry a little bit of speed. I know you're trying to protect your stuff, but let's carry a little speed down the doggone racetrack so we can keep moving. As soon as as soon as you took off from the starting line, that's the hardest thing on the entire car anyway. Let, let's carry <laughs> that down the track a little bit, right? Just the, the little bitty things are what's going to help here, right? I don't want to see anybody get timed out, right? So, um, But if it happens, I want all the details. All of them. Tell, I'm, a, I'm about to text Jake after this to make sure he give me the inside scoop if it happens. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey. I, I don't think the clock's made to like single anybody out or anything like that, but you know, I think we can all sit here and we like we can think of one person at our local track or one person we see on Motor Main or something that you know they take they take a little bit longer. Um, if I think eventually someone's gonna get hit by the clock. Um, and like we said when we first started talking about this, I think Jake's the perfect person to handle that situation. I agree. Um, I think he, he'll handle it really well. Professionally, yep. and then he'll be well understood at that. You know what I mean? He's going to tell yeah. you, shot clock got you. What What else can you say to me about the shot clock that I told you was in place in the first place? And then walk away. You don't like it, load your junk up. That's how I feel about it, too. So I hope that's kind of how he handles it, in my opinion. Interesting. It's definitely, uh, obviously, everybody, it's going to take some manipulating, uh, manipulating, a little bit of maneuvering, and a whole lot of grace. So bear with him when he goes through it, and um, you'll see probably four or 500 cars at Kilcare again. I won't be shocked with working man 10 grand to have that many racers. One thing's for sure. We're going to know if it works or not after this race because everybody's been talking about it forever, and this might be something, you know, Peter Biondo and Kyle Seipel, I think, were the first ones to really start uh, start the uh, ABC type thing and things like yep. that, ABCD. And then uh, they started separating door cars and dragsters and had a huge showing for that. And, I mean, ultimately, somebody's got to be the first one to try something. Now everybody does it. Right. Almost everybody separates door cars and dragsters now. Most people, you were just talking about yourself with Flickr. You guys uh, started calling groups and things like that. I mean, someone's got to be the guinea pig to figure it out. I'm glad Jake's implementing it. So now we'll know if it worked. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. And we'll get to see. But maybe this is something five years from now that we're going to be like, man, why didn't we have that all? Right. And don't be shocked, guys. Uh, community, everybody listening. Uh, I'm, I won't be shocked if 60 seconds is just too much time and the and the clock gets moved down. I got Kevin Grider here in the, in the chat. He's saying he timed a few cars uh, at the Southern Big Buck Nationals, just timing them to see how long it took from one car to cross the finish line to the next one to be staged and ready to go. And he, 
He seems to think it's not going to impact very much. Uh, and so don't be shocked if that timer comes down a little bit, you know, to keep us moving. And uh, get up there, get ready to go and do your thing. What y'all got in closing, man? That was, that was a pretty easy conversation. A little bit easier than I expected to be, to be real. But as you both said, this is this has been a realized thought for a long time. It's just nobody's ever implemented it. Yeah, I I got corrected on that. I thought it had never been done before, too. Apparently, uh, there was a track in Maryland. I was corrected by Alan Glatt. Uh, and they had a shot clock. It was this huge. It was, they still had a five-bulb tree. But there's this huge clock that sat on top of the Christmas tree. Oh. So they had it at one time, and then <laughs> they got ri- they got rid of it. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how it works in 2024. And if it, uh, you know, like Grider said, you know, it's not going to get hit a lot. I don't think it's going to have a huge, uh, difference in how people stage or anything like that, but it will definitely have it on people's mind to maybe get in there, you know, two, three, four seconds quicker. Just a little bit quicker. I like it. I like it. Casey, what you got in closing, man? It's been a pretty good show today. And uh, definitely special shout out, Gleggy. Thanks for joining us, man. And and uh, kind of off the cuff, having a conversation you might not have been prepared for, but you handled it like a champ, as I figured you would. <laughs> oh man, just uh, another week, man. Another week closer to racing. Potentially, Kinston's going to have Winterfest this weekend. I saw some people talking about that in the chat over here. Um, we're hoping for the best. I don't. Of course. Of course, it's supposed to be nice all week and rain on Saturday and then be fine on Sunday. So we'll see if that changes. If not, Galat has their first race of the year next week. They got Tess and Tune on Friday, and then they call it the – we keep calling it the Cupid race. I'm not sure exactly what the full full thing is. But anyway, they always pack out their first race of the year. Um, people come from all over the place out here. Uh, Galat's always going to work. It doesn't matter if it's 30 degrees or 80 degrees or 100 degrees. It's always going to work. But it's single entry only, top bulb and bottom bulb. I don't know if they have juniors or not. I'm sure they probably do. Um, So that's that's what I'm hoping to get to no matter what. So Cody Strickland got me some fuel coming. So Cody, I need my fuel, man. So whenever whenever you get a chance, just bring that on up to me. If y'all need any fuel, Cody Strickland's got got a deal with BP right now. So uh, give him a call. If you don't have his phone number, text me. I'll tell you how to get him. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for joining in with us. Gleggy, thanks for coming on the show again and giving us uh, some insight behind Flickr. Looking forward to the next couple of races here at the Texas Motorplex. And I'm also looking forward to your bracket program out there at the Texas Motorplex. So we're going to see you around quite a bit this year, uh, as I'm as we always do, and, and uh, hope the best. Everybody, thanks for joining. Hit the like and share. Till now, we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Have a good one.